as we enter a new year, we're going to look forward to what God is going to do. And as we enter that new year and look forward to also next week, which is our, our 12th anniversary as a church. We are 12 years old. It's pretty, that's pretty amazing. And um, yeah, absolutely. You know what's fun too? I'm looking out here. I can actually see you all. If I want the crowd to get larger, just take my glass off. You all meld together, which I'm probably going to do. I like, um, but uh, but uh, you know, we were we were people were talking. You guys going to have two services tomorrow? We thought, yeah, we'll go back to normal. And because uh, well, no one's going to show up. Well, that's that's not happening. So uh, it's exciting to see all of you here and to kind of kick off the new year. What better way to kick off the new year and come together in church and worship? I'm going to tell you something. Our, our praise team and band, they are absolutely amazing. The harmonies and stuff like that are absolutely incredible. So as we enter this new year and we, we kind of look forward to next week and our 12th anniversary and, and uh, what God is doing, I just wanted to take some time this morning and just reflect, reflect on what God has done this past year and maybe a little over a year and just thank him for what he's doing in our church Our vision is to be a global community of Christ followers, awakening imagination, igniting passion, and unleashing purpose. That is the vision of Grace Chapel. One of my favorite verses is Ephesians 3.20. It says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ever ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. I love that verse. The first time I heard it, it really gave me, gave me goosebumps to think about it. I just, uh, the idea of it, and we talk about it. I use it a lot here, you know, during different sermons. But I wanted to take some time this morning and just stop and, 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 and reflect on it even deeper and break it down a little bit. Because we, we, you know, we quote it, but I want to break it down and, and give you a real description of what God is talking about here. First, Paul says this in a prayer to God for the Ephesians. So he's praying, and it's a bold, it's a bold request. It is a really bold statement. But, you know, I'm thinking about it. Why not? Why not? You think of all that Paul has been through, all that Paul has seen, all that Paul's experienced with God. And why not make this bold statement? Paul is provoking a power which can do far more than even his lofty imagination can even conceive. That's what this is talking about. Paul is invoking a power that can do so much more than what he could ever dream, what he could ever conceive. And as we read through this and we listen to what Paul is saying, you know, you begin to understand the depth of where he's going. You know, Paul... Paul often uh, prays, to, to, when he prays, he begins with, he, when he prays, he begins with praise. The praise of God, the pr- God praising God. And here, he, it also leads to praise because of the greatness of God and, the, and just the magnitude of the gifts that he's received through faith in Jesus Christ. And so, you know, he, many times he just begins a, pray, a prayer time with praise. But here it kind of flows right into it because as he goes through in his mind, just the magnitude of what God, how God has gifted him and what he's received from the Holy Spirit as he does his ministry. He just is praising God because of the faith that God has given him and the gifts that he's given him through the faith he has in Jesus Christ. What this passage teaches us is that there's no limit to God's power. 
No limit to God's power. Only human words and thoughts about it are limited. I love that. I mean, I love to think of myself as, you know, a person who's a visionary, who loves to, loves to dream, loves to imagine. And, and, and what, this, what Paul is saying here is there is no, there's no limit to God's power and what he can do through you. The only limitation are human words and thoughts concerning God's power. We are, limit, we, are, we are not capable of conceiving in our, in our imaginations, in our minds or our dreams. We're not, even, we're not even capable of conceiving of what God can actually do through us. And here, here's something really amazing to think about. As I was studying through this again, I, it, just, it just came alive. God acts in this case not as an outside, an outside force, but as a force that is at work within us. That's what Paul's saying. He's saying if you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, and Christ lives in you, the power's already there. It's not an outside force he's invoking. It's not God's going to do something from the outside. It's already done. If you have Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you've invited him into your heart, the power of God to do these things is already there. The power is present in human lives through Jesus Christ. Look at verse 17 earlier on. It says, so that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith. It's through faith that Christ dwells in our hearts. It's when we have Christ dwelling in our hearts that we have a power working in us that is beyond our dreams or imaginations, beyond our words and our thoughts. What you have living in you, my friends, you have absolutely no idea. Most Christians don't even think about it nor draw upon it. But that's what Paul is saying here, that God can do immeasurably more than all we could ever ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. It's something we already possess. See, apart from Christ, we're limited. I agree. I'm just plain old Jeff apart from Jesus. Okay. But with Jesus Christ, my imagine cannot contain his power at work within me. Without him, I admit it. 18 years without him, uh, what could I tell you? But you know what? When I ask him to come into my heart with Christ, my, my, my imagination cannot contain his power that is at work within me. I don't even comprehend it. I don't understand it. The power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives in me. That's a fact. The power of God, the Holy Spirit of God lives in me. And Paul is saying that power is in each one of us. If you know Christ, it's already in you. You don't have to, you know, oh, it's there already. We need to draw upon it. Ask God to use us. You know, when we, talking, when we talk about awakening imagination in our vision here at Grace Chapel, that is what we're talking about. We're not talking about how great, uh, how great I am, how great you are, awaken your mind. Yeah, we want to awaken our imagination. Why? Because God's power can work beyond what we can possibly imagine. God's power can be let loose. When God awakens your imagination, you begin to dream. You begin to dream and he begins to act in you beyond your human capabilities because it's not about me. It's not about you. It's about him. So we, when, I, when I talk about we are a global community of Christ followers, awaken imagination. First thing that should pop into your mind is it's about him. 
It's about him working through me. Praise God. No arrogance. No, hey, look at me. Look at what we've done as a church. None of that. Praise God for what he can do through us. And if we just open up, if we just push the envelope, if we just step out in faith and we kind of take some leaps here and there, God will do immeasurably more than all the leaps we could possibly imagine. When you experience that, your passion is ignited. Awaken imagination, igniting passion. When you start awakening your imagination, you see what God can do, then you ignite your passion. You begin to realize that there's something, there, there's something new in your life that's happening, and you want it more. It's this spiritual high that you get, and you don't want it to end. I feel so bad, and I, I as your pastor, if you stick around here long enough, I really want to push and encourage and motivate and inspire as best I can for you to experience what so many other believers have experienced so many people never experience the, the the power of god in their lives what god can do you know that something that new is happening that spiritual high when you get that spiritual high when you lead someone to christ when you sit down and lead someone to christ when you serve someone and see their lives change when you're investing in someone else's life and you see the gifts that god has given you that that can be used in that person's life it's a spiritual high and you want it more and more and you want to feed it more and more and more and so you dream more and you imagine more and God does more in your life. And I feel sorry for believers who don't experience that. That's why a lot of the younger people sometimes say, oh, man, I don't know, Christian is boring. God's not boring. You're boring. See, that's the problem. It's not God that's boring. It's your it's your faith that's boring. It's your belief that's boring. It's your imagination that's boring because God already promised that he'll do a measure more than all you can ever ask or imagine. Is it going to happen overnight? No. In a culture, we want everything overnight. It's not going to happen overnight, but it will happen. And God will do amazing things, not just through you as an individual, but through us as a body. God can do immeasurably more. You begin to realize who you are, your gifts who you were created to be, and what you were created to do. God begins to unleash you then. You awaken your imagination, ignite your passion, unleash your purpose. God begins to then unleash you on this world. He knows he can use you now. He's watching your imagination. He knows your faith is strong. He sees your belief. He begins to unleash you on the world. When you understand who you are, when you truly understand who you are and whose you are, then you become dangerous for the kingdom of God. That's when you become dangerous for the kingdom of God. When you understand who you are and whose you are. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 13, it says this, For it is God, listen to the words again here. I think we miss this sometimes, but it goes along with Ephesians. It says, For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to according to his good purpose. For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. That is what we're talking about. You want to have a good self-esteem? Don't worry about don't worry about what you're capable of doing or how great you are or what you look. Just understand who you have living in you. And what he wants to do in and through you. And what he's capable of doing in and through you. It doesn't matter. You say, well, I'm not good at this. And I can't do that. And I can't do. But you know what? God can do immeasurably more than you can ever ask or imagine. He can do it through you. He can do it through you. It's not just you. It's the spirit of God living in you. And he can work through you in miraculous ways. When we unleash. Listen. 
When we unleash our purpose, we are unleashing God's purpose through us. That is what this vision is all about. To be a global community of Christ followers, awakening imagination, igniting passion, unleashing purpose. It's all about him. And it's all about him using us. God can do immeasurably more. Now, our vision says that we're a global community. A global community of Christ followers. So I want to talk to you a little bit about what is happening uh, globally. Jason Munifo is going to come up and share. He, he, was, uh, he came last year. He came home last year and he talked to you a little bit. He asked me this uh, last week. He said, you know, can I come up and share again? And I said, yeah, it fits perfectly in with the sermon. So, Jason, come up and share what, some of the things that God is doing um, in our global community. Morning and happy new year. Morning. I told first service that if I um, uh, if I had this angelical look to me, it's because I still have glitter in my hair from last night. I wasn't able to get it out. It's also my way of telling you I don't wear glitter. Before I share, I just want to uh, thank this church body. Last year when I was here, and uh, our support account was really low. This church, individuals in this church, really stepped up and helped us out. So we're out of the red, and uh, things are really uh, going well with us financially. So we just want to thank you guys um, for doing your part uh, as of the body. Because without you, we would not be able to do what we do. So uh, thank you so much. I don't know how 2011 was for you, but us as a ministry, it went really well. Uh, a lot of things happened. Everything's about relationships, and to move forward, relationships take some time to build. And we really feel like we're on a great path of moving forward in what we're doing. I'll start with our, our children's homes that we work with. Uh, through the SSC Borehole team, we've been able to provide two of our uh, children's homes with clean drinking water, which is really exciting. The first one, RCH, is what we call it. They had wells, and that's where they would get their water. But during the dry season, the water would run out and they had no water. So they would actually have to go throughout the day and try to find water every single day. I, I can't imagine that. We don't even have to do that, and I'm sure you can't imagine that either. So now we've eliminated that problem, which is extremely exciting. Uh, OLA, the Catholic orphanage that we work with, they had a thing called the water board where they would bring water in, but they weren't consistent and the water wasn't clean. So... This water project that we're going to do is going to be $16,000, and that money was raised by people like you uh, to make it happen. And not only did we provide water for the orphanage, but we provided water for the hospital that's in the compound and the community that that compound is in. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if I can communicate to you how um, great that is, especially when people don't have water. What they would do is they would actually, when they had water, they would fill up every possible container that they had and then let it sit out because they didn't know when it was going to come back. So when you would go over there, you'd see all these buckets and everything they possibly had full of water. But that's how they would uh, maintain their water because they didn't know when it was coming. We've also been able to connect the mission community or just the community around our area with OLA Orphanage. Sometimes the mentality is the, the missionary comes in and they take care of it. Well, we, we don't want that. We want people that are in that area to be taken care of, the people that are there as well. So there's a mission school called Hillcrest, and we've gotten high school students from that school to come in every other week to be a part of what we're doing 
in OLA to be a part of those kids' lives and invest in them because we can't do everything. So we're getting the community involved. We built a learning center, not really built. They had this room and it was full of junk. And Emily is very persuasive. So she went to the sisters and said, look, we can do so much with this room. So they allowed us to throw away a lot of the junk that was in there, uh, rebuild some other things, and fix this room into a learning room. And now that's where the kids go. And when the uh, high schoolers come over, that's where they have the learning room. We built uh, an incinerator for the garbage. We, they have, um, the orphanage also has started some self-sustaining business in the back, and we've been able to help them with that as well. Mm. We've got a lot of great things that are going on with our children's homes, and it's really exciting. So, and FYI, we have new staff coming in the summer. I didn't share this with the first service, but I just remembered. And there are other orphanages in Jaws, but we're not able to get touch on them because we don't have the manpower yet, but when they come, we're going to start expanding to uh, new areas. So that's really exciting. We're going to be able to impact more lives and orphan, the orphan child as well. Now we'll go to the village that we work in. Uh, I just want to ask, is, has anybody ever heard of Aquaponics? Of course you have. <laughs> of course you have. Um, Brian Hitchcock has been doing a great job with the aquaponics and the poultry business that they've been doing. He's really invested into some young men's lives Amen. and not just training them on that trade, but also allowing them to apply that to their own life by taking it out. Now they're considered uh, um, experts in these areas. So people in the community are coming to them and they have a sense of pride. They're really excited. So he's really dumped a lot into these people and the community and it's giving them hope that they can create their own future through these small businesses as well. We're also doing um, education center. I don't know if any of you have heard about our education center. Long term, we want a school, but because of manpower and resources, we're not necessarily able to do that right now, but we still wanted to make some sort of impact. So what we're doing is we're doing an ed center, and basically it's a tutor program. We have 14 students in it right, in right now. We started with 10, but we've added four since then. Amazingly, God, God has provided sponsorships for all of those kids. And what that provides, it's $100 a month, but what that provides is because we're not a school and the government schools are always on strike, we put each of these kids in a private school. We pay for that. So they're in a private school, but after the private school, they come to the Ed Center. And Teresa, who is from Westchester, she is a teacher and she has two Nigerian staff underneath her. And what they do is they go through reading, writing, that's what they study. So that she's hitting the main topics right now. And then they also provide them a meal. By two th end of 2012, we'll more than double. We've already started to expand outside of the building. We'll definitely let you guys be knowing on how we're moving forward with the Ed Center because that's a huge need. As you know, education is very important all around the world. So we're really excited about that. Our community development. Um, you've heard Jeff say many times we want to give a hand up, not a hand out. He is 100% correct. You can really go into the community and mess things up. You start getting handouts. It totally, um, yeah, it can just wreck the community. So what we've been doing is we've been trying to come up with ideas how to empower these people. So I'll tell you a little story. About two years ago, I started a Bible study. The first day it was me and two other guys, two other Nigerian guys, and actually one of them was on staff with us. So uh, it wasn't super encouraging the first day. But to this day, we've got a men and women's Bible study. My wife started the women's Bible study. There's about 10, between 5 and 10 that go to that. And the guys' Bible study is between 15 and 20. Now, during these studies, not just the Bible studies, but our time of hanging out with them in the community center, the Oasis community center, we've been talking about empowerment. How do we empower you? 
we ask them, do you like how you live? And they're like, no. And they're like, God created you with a mind to think of ways that you don't have to live like this. You don't have to be like the next generation. So these group of guys come together, and they created the Kisayek Youth Development, KYD. And this group of guys want to do things for the community. It's mostly like an outreach, which is kind of unheard of, of a Nigerian implementing that in its own community, especially in the village. So what they've been doing is they've been going out helping people that need help in their uh, community, and it's mostly been widows. And the story I want to tell you is about a widow named Lottie. Well, the, the youth decided that they were going to help this widow's um, uh, plow her field because it was farming time, and uh, they told her that they were going to come out and do it. Well, in about an hour, there was like seven to ten youth that went out there to plow her field. Well, while they were plowing, she was in there preparing a meal for them so that they could they could eat when they were done. Well. When they came back to the plowing, she had her children bring out the food. Well, she stayed inside, and she was crying. And she was embarrassed because she was crying. And she was crying because she was overcome with such joy. What happens is the widow doesn't have very much help. It's so unfortunate in these countries. It's a lot of cultural stuff, but the widow kind of gets pushed aside. Uh, a lot of her things get taken up by her family. And what happens is she doesn't own the land. She doesn't have any money. So basically what she has to do is she has to farm on someone else's land. And then once she, once, uh, she sells off everything that grows after, at the end of the process, then she pays back the people that did the labor. She pays back the people that own the land. And then she has very little left. This is why so many times widows get involved in prostitution and they sell themselves out because they have to make ends meet with their family. So they're doing everything they can. So because these boys came and did that, and eliminated all those situations. And it only took them a couple hours to do this. And I think these young guys are seeing how they can make a difference. What we're trying to do is we're trying to empower these youth so that then they have that change of mindset and then they can change the next generation. Because there's young kids that are looking at them, they're going to be doing the same thing. And this stuff takes time. And SSE and Back to Back will totally tell you that we want to get this going and we want to step back them own this because this is their community. This is this is for them. We're just trying to empower them. For 2012, some of the things that we're trying to do with that is we want to do dry season farming. We're currently raising money right now. But we're trying to create a tool because what happens is some of these ideas cost money. So we're trying to create a tool that will generate money, but we want the youth to be able to be the ones to generate the money. So we want to do dry season farming. And what we want to do is they'll farm on SSE's land. They'll generate money, and then that money will be able to go back into the community with the idea of the youth. So now they're not only doing the farming, but now they've got money, and they can decide on how they want to help their own community. And that is our ultimate goal. We want to help the community by using the people in the community, and then we can step back and say, look, you own this, you did it, keep going. And then the next generation will do the same. And that's how we eliminate poverty, as Jesse's always talked about. So God's been great to us. Continue to pray for us. There's some great things that are happening, and we'll continue to let you know how things are going. Thanks. And just a quick update, too. The bridal shop is up and running. Um, you know, we've drilled over 110 wells now, servicing about 100,000 people and saving thousands of lives. I'm telling you, uh, 
Brian and Karen Hitchcock and Jason and Emily Munafo are doing an amazing job in Nigeria. We can be so, as a church, we sent them out. We can be so, so proud of what they're doing. But, you know, a global community really starts right here at home. So I I asked Kevin to kind of share with us what's happening in our global community right here at Grace Chapel on, on on this land. I'm standing over here. First service, it was right in the center, Kevin. So you're, the pressure's on, baby. <laughs> All right. That was good, too.
passions and and our and our purpose and our imaginations to figure out how are we going to touch people's lives that use our property. And uh, speaking of imagination, you all, you know, God created this is a soapbox that I can get on very quickly. God created us in His image for a purpose and on purpose. We were not an accident. We are all in His image. And what's really really cool is His image. I mean, you, you may like canoeing. You may like arts and crafts. You may like motorcycles. You may like horseback riding. And all of that is in God's image. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. What a cool God that we worship. That we can have a crowd of two or three hundred people and two or three hundred different passions, two or three hundred different interests, and that's all in God's image. And that can all be a tool that we want to use. So this is how this works. And this is the story that I want to experience with you and play out over this coming year. God gave you a passion for the outdoors and interest in the outdoors. You like canoeing. Okay? God also gave you a neighbor or somebody that you work with within your sphere of influence that you would really, really like to introduce to a fun living God. But you don't know the right words to say. Sometimes it's embarrassing. You don't know how to how to open that conversation. You've talked enough to this person to know that uh, they're not really into church, you know, and kind of, you know how that conversation goes and those thought presses go. They, they go on forever in our minds. And so you come to me and you say, hey, I really like canoeing. I know my buddy really likes canoeing. Let's do a canoe trip. And I say, done. We're doing a canoe trip. Let's get a bunch of us. We're going to go on a trip. You go back to your neighbor. You say, hey, Ted, neighbor, we're going to do a canoe trip, a bunch of us. Bring your son. We're going to have a great time. So they come along, and we have a great time. All of a sudden, he's meeting new friends. His son's meeting new friends. We're just having fun on the river. The next week, over the fence in your backyard, you're talking about the canoe trip and how much fun he had. And uh, you say, well, by the way, you know, all those people, John, George, Sammy, Ted, all of those other people around the canoe trip, they, they come to my church, and it's a really fun church, and we all sit together, and... And when we have fun, you should come too. Now, all of a sudden, it's not so scary for him to come to church. And he gets to sit with you, and bada bing, bada boom, <laughs> you introduce your friend to Jesus Christ. You didn't have to say anything except, hey, come to me. Okay? That, that's the story that we want to do over and over and over and over and over and over again. And that's that little insert that I have at. I want you to fill that thing out and say, this is the interests that I have. God gave us 200 interests in here, and we can do them all. And we can really, 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 like Jeff said, be dangerous to the kingdom of God and impactful to the kingdom of God just because of what God gave us inside of interests and our willingness. We have a target, like I said. In this respect, the target was over there. The tool was... a well-calibrated bow. I was the willing conduit to make that happen. We have a target. You guys have tools. And I want you and me to be willing conduits to make that happen. I grew up in Kenya, and my my parents were missionaries. And I have a a really, really good Kenyan friend. And a lot of times I plan things with him, trips and this and that. And I'm always saying, okay, well, how are we going to accomplish this? How are we going to do that? How are we going to help people, this and that? And he always says, Kevin, Kevin, let's just wait and be amazed. And I love that. And so I want to, in 2012, I want to just, with you, 
Let's just wait and be amazed at what God is going to do through us, in us, in all of those things that Jeff talked about. It's going to be a fun, exciting moment. Amen. Amen. I'll tell you what, um, this year we'll be hiring some new staff and we'll be reaching out to our community like never before. This is going to be an incredible year. And I just want to kind of close off here by saying that I, I want to encourage every single one of you. Maybe you've been coming for today's your first day or a couple of weeks or months or years. But I would love for you to, if, if you're not already, to come out of the stands, if you will, and get into the game. It's a good analogy. You know, the Bengals are going to win today and beat the, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wanted to say that in some ways I had to fit it in. Um, <laughs> but we need to get out, out of the stands and into the game. Okay, and that means picking an area of service. It doesn't, you know, Kevin has just laid out, you know, the sky's the limit for connecting with the people in your community. Get involved in the detour ministry. Get involved in the children's ministry. Get involved in the youth ministry. Get involved in the men's ministry. It doesn't matter. Just pick a place to serve and get engaged. Also, get involved in one of the life groups. Start a life group. You know, this is the way we're going to build the body of Christ to connect with one another, to build those intimate, deep relationships. It's all about relationships. You know, we want 1,500 to 2,000 people. Is that what you said, Kevin? 1,500 to 2,000 people a week. These, these folks are going to be moving from this building, many of them, into this building. Okay, We need to get those folks connected into the body of Christ so they feel welcome, they feel loved, we're meeting their needs, they feel like they're a part of the body of Christ. And we're going to need every single person in this body to get engaged in 2012 so we can keep including people, we can keep growing as the body of Christ, we can keep glorifying God as the body of Christ, we can keep making a difference like we have for the past 11 years as the body of Christ. So I want encourage you to do that. I want to close off here as we we're right on time, but I want to close off. Um, Brian and Karen are going home on Wednesday and Jason and Emily, I believe, are going home on Wednesday as well. And so uh, we didn't have this kind of planned out, but I want to do it anyway. If we could have them come up here, maybe sit in the front row and we would just like to if if you're all here, um, come on up here and sit up here. And as a body, let's just close by praying for them and sending them off uh, playing for safety and for God to continue to move in the miraculous ways he's been moving already in their lives and through their ministry. So why don't you guys just come on up here and just uh, just sit right over here. What's that? They can, yeah, they can have them sit right here. It's easy. Emily's probably running around. Yeah. And then why don't you guys come on up? We'll close out. Come on up. Let's, let's lay, come around them, kind of lay hands on them. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> Good. Excellent. These guys are going back into an area of the world that is not exactly the safest place in the world. And... um, And we need to pray for their safety. We need to pray for God to continue to uh, keep them, you know, keep them healthy and strong. That God will use them to uh, to impact the lives of others because uh, they are a reflection of this church and they reflect it very, very well. Let's bow our heads. Our gracious God and heavenly father.
God, we thank you for Brian and Karen, for Jason and Emily, and for the work that they're doing in Joss, Nigeria. Father, we hear stories about 110 wells and and, uh, aquaponics and bridal shops and dry season farming and, uh, you know, the the orphanage that we're working with and the the learning center and the, uh, the, the business center that's training young entrepreneurs and all the things that we hear about, all the things, the pictures that we see throughout the year. These things only happen, dear God, because of people like this who are willing to give of themselves and sacrifice, Lord God, for you. And you know that. And so we pray, dear God, that you would please bless them. Please bless them, Lord. We pray with all of our hearts that you would bless them, their families, the people that they work with. Father, they would be able to fulfill the desires of their hearts, that you would work in them and do immeasurably more than all they could ever ask or imagine this coming year. Father, they've done so much already. So many people's lives have been transformed. Not just transformed. There are people living and breathing today. They're alive because they have fresh water to drink. They have food to eat. They have a job. They have hope. They have all these things, Lord God, because of these couples' desire and willingness to go and to serve you at risk to themselves. So, Father, we pray for their safety. We pray that you give them boldness as they speak your word. Give them dreams, Lord God, beyond what they thought they were capable of doing that your Holy Spirit would work through them. Lord, that you would love them, you would love them with all of your heart, Lord God. Surround them with your Spirit. And Lord God, I pray that every single one of us here this morning, that this church would not forget them throughout the week, throughout the months and the years to come, Lord God, that we would keep them in our prayers, knowing they're sacrificing for you and reflecting our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, in their actions and in their words. So, Father, we give them over to you, and we rest knowing that you have them in your hands, and we look forward to seeing them again soon. And we pray these things in Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen. Happy New Year. Have a great week.